friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. I know sometimes you doubt if you are truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own. I know that you are praying for a way to know the difference and to be confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word. If you are ready to grow in your faith and your identity in Christ and to confidently step into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, have you been feeling isolated in your walk with God? We have just come out of a long period of quarantine and isolation, and it can sometimes feel difficult to be connected to each other. And in fact, the enemy wants us to feel that way. I want you to realize that there are other believers that are feeling the same thing, longing to feel more connected to not only God, but to each other. I want to invite you over to my free Facebook community where we can connect with each other, talk through some of our struggles, encourage each other, and pray for each other. On Facebook, look for the She Hears Hearing Jesus podcast community page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. This is week five of the Desires of the Heart series. Today we are looking at the desire to be touched. And hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know how much you all have touched me, touched my heart and my spirit in just the overwhelming um, encouragement that I have heard just in the ways that God is using these podcasts. Thank you so much. And if you ever need prayer or you just want to connect, please reach out. You can connect with me at the website shehears.org or leave me a voice mo- voice note on uh, one of these podcasts at Anchor FM. So today we're talking about the desire to be touched. And this is something that I think we all we all have, but we don't necessarily recognize. And the reason why I say that is um, today we're talking about non-sexual physical touch. And um, we will be doing a a series on uh, physical intimacy and what that looks like within the context of marriage. But today we're talking about non-sexual physical touch and the desire that we all have to have that in part of our, in part of our lives. And um, for me, I think one of the best stories that sums this up is a ministry opportunity I had when I was in an African country a couple years ago. And we were in an area that we knew we were going to have a lot of people. We um, had taken a bus and we were driving into this remote area um, away from um, gosh, even civilization, really. Um, it was a tribal area. And when we got to our location, I was completely overwhelmed with what my eyes were showing to me. It looked like a sea of children just walking towards our bus. And they all had this same sorrowful look in the in their eyes to be honest um we had not approached the clearing where we were parking yet but they were already walking towards us just anticipating our arrival and the later estimates would place the number of people there that day to be around 50,000 and i was not prepared for that and of course we had been told you know to prepare for ministry to lots of kids um, but I, I was not prepared for that. And I recognized how ill-equipped I was. Um, 
in my ignorance, I brought 500 balloons and two bottles of bubbles and I felt like I was well prepared. And in reality, I had no concept for what this moment would be like. Um, anything that I'd hoped to do um, as we ministered to these children was just now a foolish proof of, of my ignorance. And so I looked out the window and just prayed and just prayed for for wisdom on what to do next. And God gently just kind of pushed me and I heard him say, just love them like I do. And those words just kind of felt inadequate. Like they somehow weren't enough. And I just remember praying saying, Lord, like, don't you see how many of them there are? And don't you see how ill-equipped I am? There's no way I can do this. And many of these children do not even speak English. And I have no translator. I have no microphone. I have no music. And this is not the kind of children's ministry that I went to Bible college for. It just did not prepare me for this. And I hear that voice again. And he says, I chose you for this. That words, that word hit me in this. I call it my place of knowing. Just that place where you know that God spoke a word into your heart. And so this moment, um, I think this moment was why I was halfway across the world, covered in bug spray, sunburned and exhausted um, by flipping my days and nights around. And I, I took a deep breath. I stepped off the bus and immediately um, things changed. I was greeted by smiles so large that I just found, found myself like smiling in response to them. And I, I stepped down towards the smaller children and the circle formed around me as the children kind of cautiously stepped back. They were curious, but they were cautious. Um, my skin was a different color than they had ever seen. And this is a tr real tribal area. Um, my hair it was just as foreign, um, my colorful clothes and the sound of my voice. Everything about me felt like a warning to them, yet they longed to be just close enough to me so they could kind of figure it out. And so trying to introduce myself, um, they stared at me blankly. They did not understand a word I was saying. I didn't understand a word they were saying. And again, praying, I just looked to the Lord for direction. I was like, okay, God, like I, I anything I know to do is not going to work. And suddenly I remembered this, the small bottle of bubbles that I had in my pocket. They're, they were those little uh, disposable bottles of bubbles that you get for weddings. Like these weren't even the big bottles of bubbles, very small bottle of bubbles. So that's what I had in my pocket. I pulled it out and I started to blow these bubbles into the air. And immediately joy sprang forth as the kids just started to laugh and to squeal and to talk to each other and to point to the bubbles. And I can just remember the looks on their faces as that caution melted away and they drew closer to me, motioning for me to repeat the same amazing thing I had just done. And so this the small bottle of bubbles was empty after, I don't know, probably like 20 minutes. But in that 20 minutes, I had formed around me this group of children so large that there were others in my group that had started to navigate, navigate towards me to make sure that I was okay because it looked like I was overwhelmed. And I, I did wonder at that point if perhaps the bubbles had been a mistake. But um, one little girl started to fiercely shout something at the other kids. And I don't know what she said to this day. I don't know what she said, but I could tell by the tone of her voice and the look on her face that she meant business. She was fierce. And I watched them jump back. The other kids jumped back. And I was surprised to see when I looked down that she held in her hand this little rudimentary circular shaped can opener. And she was using the circular blade as a weapon. Her back was towards me and she was pointing it out 
towards them. And all of a sudden I hear, Rachel. And of course I had said to the kids when I got off the bus, my name is Rachel, but I didn't think anybody understood me. But by the sound of my name, I looked to my right and I saw this young boy. And he had called my name and he said, she's trying to protect you. And I had not realized what was even going on until that very second. But I was so moved that this little one was rising up to fight for me. And I, I, I just took my hand and I gently placed it on her shoulder. And I was able to look in her eyes and somehow explain to her that I was okay. And she softened. And then she lowered her head to me, her eyes toward the ground, almost like a bowing posture. And... I hear next to me, she wants you to bless her. And this little boy, his name was Barnabas, and he was my newfound interpreter. And he explained to me that the children considered it an honor to be blessed. And by being blessed, that meant like having the tops of their heads touched. And so I looked down at this little one, this fierce, strong, brave little girl, and I was overcome by how much she must have gone through in her little life to carry with her this blade and to be able to use it in such a way. And this presence she had about her where um, she was able to fight off the, the kids that had surround her. And so I placed both of my hands on her head and I spoke a prayer, a blessing over this little life. And she could not even understand the words I was speaking. Uh, Most of them could not. Barnabas explained to me that the children in this area spoke Swahili and another tribal language, Luo, but not English. Um, They could not understand what I was saying. But watching me bless that little girl, they now understood why I had come. They had heard of missionaries and they realized that I was here for the same reason. And almost immediately, I was completely overwhelmed with children. Their heads bowed waiting for their blessing. And these children did not want money. They didn't want food. They wanted to be touched. And I didn't have money and I didn't have food, but I did have the capacity to lay my hands on them and to pray for them and to pray over them. So that's what I did. That's what we did. My entire team was now by my side and they joined me in just speaking blessing over the children, laying their hands on their head and speaking love over them And we just kind of made our way through this enormous crowd. And as many as we could in the hours that we had, we just simply touched them and blessed them. That experience was unlike anything I have ever witnessed in my entire ministry career, both locally and globally, even since then. I've I've never experienced anything like that. Um, Yet it revealed something so powerful. This desire to be touched, this desire that we all have to be touched in a healthy, appropriate, honoring way is a blessing. And it's a desire so strong that we seek it out in ways that are inappropriate and unhealthy and dishonoring if we can't get it. Um, We can see that in a way that Jesus recognizes recognizes this in the scriptures. Um, We see it throughout the scriptures, but I want to read Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. It says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Pay attention. This This is the part I want you to get. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. 
I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. Luke 5, 12 through 14. Did you catch it? Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. Leprosy is this disease that forms crusts and scabs on the skin and it's visible to others. Um, in that time, it could have been uh, the, the, what we know to be leprosy now. It could have been something like psoriasis or eczema or some other skin condition. Um, but leprosy was looked upon as a spiritual condition. And it was thought to be caused by sinful thoughts or sinful actions, things, some, some sort of sin. And lepers had, lepers had to be separated from the rest of the community to keep others from being contaminated by them, both physically and spiritually. So leprosy in and of itself was an isolating disease that kept people from their jobs, um, their places of worship, their families, their community. And touching a leper was forbidden by Jewish law. Yet how do we see Jesus respond? He reached out his hand and he touched the man. Before he healed him, he touched him. Jesus could have healed him with a word or a look or even a thought. But instead, he reached out and he touched a man that others were forbidden to touch. See, Jesus knows our need and he meets us there. He recognized this man's need to be touched was just as important as his need to be healed. I think it's the same for us. Jesus recognizes our need to be touched. And maybe that comes in the form of blessing and an appropriate loving touch from someone else. Or perhaps it comes as Jesus meets that need by touching our hearts in a way that only he can understand. This week, it's my prayer that you would recognize the ways that Jesus has touched your life, your spirit, your heart. And we know that he is the same today as he was yesterday and the same as he will be tomorrow. So through his spirit, he can reach into those broken and hurting places to make them new. If only we bow our heads and we allow him to bless us with his touch. I'm praying that you feel that this week. And I want you to think through this this week. Maybe even discuss it with your family. Um, in what ways have you allowed yourself to be touched? Um, is there healthy and appropriate touch in your life? And if not, is there um, a way that you've allowed that in an unhealthy and inappropriate way? And have you ever made that connection before? Have you ever made that connection between this desire we have um, and the false narratives that come in play of allowing ourselves to be touched in unhealthy ways? And what are some ways you can meet this need for others in a safe and healthy way? And I'm not just staying in the context of marriage. Um, definitely in marriage and definitely in uh, parent-child relationships, healthy, appropriate touch is necessary. But even with our friendships, um, a hand on the shoulder or um, a handshake or, um, you know, just a, a, a hug. Um, you know, the hard thing that we have realized is in this COVID climate, Physical touch has become non-existent. And one of the things I think we have to be conscious of is as we start to get back to normal, there will be an epidemic of emotions that follows this 
physical epidemic and a spiritual epidemic in the sense that people are craving what they haven't been able to have. And if they don't get it in a way that's God-honoring and healthy and appropriate, they're going to seek it in ways that are unhealthy and inappropriate. And so as believers, we can play a role in that um, to give life-giving, honoring touches. And maybe it's a physical touch. You physically extend your hand out for somebody to, to pray for them, or you physically reach out to hug them, or you physically reach out to put a hand on a shoulder. Or maybe it's touching them in a way that allows God to touch them physically. So whether that's preparing a meal or sending a card or a phone call, um, there's a lot of ways that this can kind of come into play. And so I think it would be good for us to pray through that this week and what our role is in that and just to be conscious of it as we're starting to come out of this isolation we've we've all been in. And as the Lord brings various parts of your heart to mind, um, what areas do you need him to touch? And have you asked him? Um, we all have these areas of our heart that we kind of keep hidden away from God. He knows that they're there and he wants to reach out and touch them. But sometimes we don't even ask him. We try to pretend that he can't see them. So I want you to spend some time this week with your head bowed, allowing him to bless you in a way that only he can do because he's willing. Let's pray. God, thank you that you're a God that reaches out to touch us to touch our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our bodies in a way that validates who we are as your children. Lord, I pray even now that you would bring parts of our heart and our mind and our spirit to the surface to, to reveal the areas that we need touched by you. God, we thank you that you're a God that sees our need to be touched, that steps into that place as you reached out to touch the leper before you even healed him. God, we see that you recognize our human need to be connected to you and to one another in community. God, I pray for you to reveal the ways that we can step into that space this week, that we can take our responsibility as believers to help heal the things that the enemy has tried to steal in this season. God, we thank you that you are a God that loves and restores and redeems the things that the enemy has tried to take. Lord, I pray for you to reveal yourself in a way that we can clearly see the path you have set before us as we step into our calling this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, we'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.